You're listening to First Conyers Daily Podcast, Daily in the Word, with Pastor John Mark Oliver. Well, good morning. Uh, today is Thursday, May the 26th, and so we are coming up on Memorial Day weekend, a time, a date every year that's been set apart to um, uh, pay tribute to those who have made the ultimate sacrifice, defending the Constitution freedoms of our nation, and so I want to encourage you just to take some time this weekend as you pause to reflect on that, those men and women who have surrendered their life uh, for others, uh, for us, so that we might enjoy the freedoms and liberty that we do enjoy, and also the families of those who uh, had loved ones uh, that have been taking, taken in battle throughout the history of our nation. And so... Um, make plans to to recognize that as we celebrate Memorial Day weekend this coming weekend. Hope you had a good night's rest. I certainly did. I slept hard last night and that was good. Um, This morning we're going to pick up in Hebrews chapter 12 where we had finished the day before last and uh, of course yesterday we took some time to pause and reflect on the events in Texas uh, two days ago and uh, those children were killed, murdered in the school as well as their teachers. Continue to pray for the families and I encourage you again as we look at this unfold uh, there are those that are going to be able to try to exploit this for their own purposes, uh, for their own political purposes and gain and I would encourage you uh, just not to reflect on that. Uh, reflect on the reality that that an evil man, a young man committed a horrific crime in the murder of those and He alone is responsible for his actions. And so I just encourage you not to get caught up in the fray. That's intended to be divisive and um, and just keep your eyes fixed on God, a sovereign king. But today we're picking up in verse 12 in Hebrews chapter 12. And of course the verse starts with therefore. And anytime we see therefore in scripture, we always ask the question, what is the therefore, therefore? And what he's reflecting back to is what he has said to us in relation to God's discipline in our lives. And because God is a loving Father, God does discipline us. He corrects us, he trains us, he teaches us, and he uses all manners, actually every situation in our life, to uh, to change us and to conform us to the likeness of Christ. And we stated that God's ultimate purpose in our lives is that he might conform us to the likeness of Christ so that we might glorify him. The resulting consequences of that in our life is that um, that that we have joy in our life. We have uh, that blessedness of his presence in our life and fellowship with him. And so uh, don't get disheartened when God brings discipline. And I always like to say that it's a good practice at any time uh, some calamity or hardship comes in our life. We ask God, God, what can you do? What are you desiring to do in me through this difficult situation? Because Jesus himself said that, that, that we would have trials and tribulations in this life, and we should not expect. One of the horrific things uh, in the church in our history has been, oftentimes in more modern history, has been the message is that Boy, God just wants you happy, and uh, God wants to give you whatever you want, and he wants to make life a better roses for you. But that's just not true. That's just not what the Bible teaches. And so we can become disillusioned in that. But God is a holy God, and 
God desires us to share in his righteousness, as the writer says, that he disciplines us so that we might share in his holiness or his righteousness. It's his way of sanctifying us and purifying us through discipline. So again, in verse 12, he says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And if I can paraphrase this kind of in, in modern vernacular, um, he might say, buck up, young man, young woman. Uh, in other words, strengthen your weak knees and your feeble arms. Um, get up. <laughs> yes, God uh, is, is, is enacting discipline, but don't let that drag you down. Don't let that be a discouraging thing, but recognize that God is doing it for our good so that we might share in his righteousness. Straighten up, buck up, suck it up, big boy, uh, maybe another way we might put it. And so uh, he, he tells us in light of that, don't be downcast, don't, don't be dreary, but, but continue to walk. And then he says in verse 14, strive for peace with everyone. Uh, it reminds me of other places in Scripture where Paul says, as much as depends on you, be at peace with all men. And here he's probably making reference directly to the body, um, that, that we're to live at peace with one another. And that word peace just simply means the absence of warfare. And uh, one of the most damaging things that can happen in our lives, and particularly in the body of Christ and our families, is when we're living at strife with one another. And the enemy loves to come in, and he will take advantage of every strife situation within the body of Christ. And he will look to divide. He will look to, um, to get us off track of the mission that he's called us to as the body of Christ and the church. And so he says... Uh, strive, make every effort. It, 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 it indicating that sometimes it's difficult. We have, we have differences with one another. We have differences of, of opinion. We have differences of way of doing things. We have differences in preferences. But he says, listen, strive. And again, Paul's words: as much depends on you. Be at peace with all men. And 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 a follower of Christ, we should have the heart always to live at peace with all men. Um, one of the regular things that I do with the guys that, I, that I'm engaged in relational discipleship with, we use that GRACE acronym and G-R-A-C-E, and the R stands for relationships. We evaluate with each other every week where, how are our relationships with God, our fellowship with Him, what is our relationship like within those members of our family? Uh, for me, particularly immediately, it's my wife, it's my kids, it's my grandkids. And is there any strife there? I, I want to seek to resolve that if there is. Uh, how are my relationships where I work or where I go to school? Are there any, any individuals that, uh, that I might want to avoid uh, that, that, that I need to make sure that as much depends on me that everything is right? And then lastly, we ask the question, how are your relationships within the body of Christ? And so it's a weekly thing that, that we go through together 
to encourage each other and to be vulnerable and confess where there might be strife uh, with another individual. So um, yesterday when I met with one of the guys that I disciple, I, you know, I said, you know, as much as, as well as I know, I'm not at strife with anyone. And, and it's a freeing feeling not to have strife with any individual. So I would encourage us that daily, uh, or at least weekly, we take an inventory in our life of all of our relationships and say, God, is there any strife here? Is there anything that, that I can be responsible to resolve any strife that I may have with another person? And um, that's just what he's called us to do, and that's a good thing to do. So strive to be at peace, um, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, we as Christ followers, we, we've placed our trust in Christ. Yes, we have, we have been declared holy. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. However, uh, we're to continue to walk a life of holiness and righteousness. Do we do that 100% of the time? Absolutely not. But our heart uh, should be, as the Holy Spirit uh, convicts us of sin as the Holy Spirit um, shows us where we're not we're failing to do what he's commanded us to do or or what he's called us to do when we intentionally act in a way that we know is not righteous that that we respond to the Holy Spirit in repentance and turn and ask God uh, to, to continue to sanctify us in verse 15 he says see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. And so, not to obtain the grace of God. Now, here he's not talking about salvation. We, we've been saved. We, we've, we've experienced the grace of God. But the grace of God doesn't stop at the cross. It doesn't stop the moment we become saved. But we live and walk by grace. And we can defer, if you will, or put off the graces of God in our life. And one of the ways he says that is by a root of bitterness. And so this kind of goes along with the making peace with others or be at peace with others. Is there a root of bitterness? Is there a root of anger? I've met some people that, that, um, that in, in counseling and times, it, it, it's evident that, that there's a root of bitterness there. There's an anger. And sometimes it goes back decades in their life, perhaps with a parent perhaps with a former spouse, perhaps with a child, perhaps with a former church member, wherever it might be, a root of bitterness. Now notice what he says here that a root of bitterness does. A root of bitterness can defile many. It's like a cancer, uh, or actually cancer is not a good illustration. It, it, it's like a communicable disease. And while it's eating away at the individual, it also infects others. And I have, I have seen in cases where, uh, where one individual in a family can have a root of anger or bitterness, and it defiles, it disrupts the whole family. It's that person that comes to Thanksgiving dinner and you've invited them reluctantly because it seems as though every time the person is present, there are just fireworks that take place. Um, it happens in the church where there's a root of bitterness. And so recognize and realize that a root of bitterness not only defiles our own life and brings destruction in our own life, but it's also, it's also a, 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 a horrible disease in the body of Christ. And so um, if there's a root of bitterness, if there's unresolved anger, recognize and understand that the enemy, the devil, 
can use that in our lives, not only to disrupt our lives, uh, disrupt our fellowship with God, but defile many. And so, again, it's one of those things that when we come before the Lord, we, we ask God, God, is there any area, is there any person in my life that I have a root of bitterness? And perhaps I was justifiably angry at a situation. I had the emotion of anger, but I've allowed that anger to be unchecked. And I, I'm not willing to release that person in forgiveness. And then a root of bitterness grows up allow the Holy Spirit of God to search our hearts. As I was reading this this morning, I asked the Lord of God, is there, is there any person that I have unresolved anger issues or bitterness? And, and, and as far as I could tell, no. Um, and so, but there have been times and there have been times where I've had people that have hurt me that I've been anger, angered at and bitterness grows there in my heart. And it's a daily thing that I've had to give that to God and ask Him to free me from that bitterness and that I might be able to forgive others. I encourage you this morning, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there any root of bitterness in my life that's affecting my other relationships? And deal with it. Allow God's grace to move in your heart and deal with that. And then he says in verse 16, also see that, that no sexual immorality or no one is sexually immoral. Um, here, clearly the definition, what, what is sexual immorality? Well, sexual immorality is having sex with anyone outside of the one that we've been joined to in a marriage union. And so, of course, we know in our culture today and in the church even, shamedly, it's, it's recognized that, that, that this is only appears to be a suggestion uh, to us, not a command. Um, but, but sexual sin is one of those things that Paul says um, not only affects others, but it, it, it has a spiritual effect on us as well. It harms us. And we need to recognize that, um, that God says, put that away. See that there is none. And I, I find it necessary in my life to, to avoid that, to have accountability in my life. We've been, uh, this week, um, the report that came out in our Southern Baptist Convention where not only were there those that were leaders who had been involved in sexual immorality for years and, and predators primarily upon women by men, uh, but the executive committee for years had, had hidden it, had stonewalled it, had a, had a private list of those individuals that they were covering up. And to our shame, that's happened. And we pray that, that that gets cleaned up. And not only does it mar those individuals and it'll have an impact on the denomination that we're a part of, but it's those that look on the outside that are unsaved and they see and it brings shame to the name of Christ. And so he says, see to it that, that there's no sexual immorality among you. And then also, or unholiness like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. We saw this in the book of Genesis as we've been going through Genesis on Sunday mornings. But he sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterwards, after he had sold his birthright to his brother Jacob, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, or he would not repent. Um... However, though he sought it with tears, what did he seek? He sought the blessing. 
um, but he was not willing to repent of his actions. And I, I find it true, isn't it? I find it to be true that, that we want the blessings of God. We want all of God's blessings, but oftentimes we are not willing to repent. And where there's not a repenting heart, uh, we can't expect to receive the blessings of God. And so where we may be walking in, in disobedience and disillusion that we are telling ourselves we're okay in the way that we're walking, and God give me your blessing, we're only fooling ourselves. God is not gonna bless our disobedient and unrepentant heart. And so this morning, the answer to that is to turn to the cross of Jesus Christ. And I wanna close with this old hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I survey the in that last verse, boy, all of his sacrifice demands, it, it necessitates all of my soul, my life, and my all. Um, we're to give our lives to him, every bit of us, as an act of worship. I pray the Lord blesses you today and keeps you. I look forward to seeing you in person 
this Memorial Day weekend on Sunday. Uh, if you're traveling, be safe. May the Lord's blessings and his, his hand go before you in that. Pray and ask God for an opportunity today to plant a seed of the gospel in somebody's heart. And if you recognize a seed has already been planted, that God would give you the wisdom to know how to cultivate that seed uh, so that they may come to know Christ and that God, by his grace, would allow us to witness somebody be saved today. Well, I ask the Lord to bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. I want to ask you to please hit that share button so that other, others might join in in the Word of God and grow through the Word of God together. Hit that share button. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our daily podcast. For more information about First Conyers, visit our website at firstconyers.com.